Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. We would love to see you in person on Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 10.45 a.m. at our new location at 5103 Pegasus Court. To learn more about what Sunday mornings at Collective look like, please head to mycollective.church and click on what to expect. There are going to be a lot of great things at Collective this summer as Maryland opens up, so stay tuned for upcoming events and announcements as we continue to try to make an impact in our city. Now here's Sunday's message. I'm Dyke McCord, Associate Director of Waypoint Church Partners, and we support existing churches and we help plant new churches, and we are a strong supporter, partner, and huge fan of Collective. Uh, Today we're going to talk about love, relationships, and marriage, so here's the obligatory dad joke about this. Let me just get this out of the way right at the beginning here, okay? I know it's lame, but I got this from my 92-year-old retired pastor friend, Manly Pierce. He said, I like the testimony of the secret to a happy marriage. Once a week, we take a leisurely long walk, enjoy a nice meal in a lovely restaurant, enjoy a few moments at a nice park on the way home. I go on Tuesdays, and she goes on Thursdays. (laughs) Now, at the end, we're going to talk about taking a date night, but that is not what we're talking about, all right? I I told Manly who I was preaching for this weekend, and after he gave me that joke, he added this. He said, tell the couples, you will never regret making a special effort to love your partner every day of your married life. I am now 92, and Anna Faith has been gone eight years. We were married 60 years. I'm honored to be your guest and truly value the collective connections I've had over the years. I was the lead pastor at Church of Christ at Manor Woods over in Rockville, Maryland from 01 up until March of last year. And uh, back in the day, Chris Wells served as our intern for six months. He and Maggie had just gotten engaged at that time. And so we had them over for dinner to our house and Maggie brought this amazing bowl of guacamole dip. And if you've never had that, you've got to have her over, you know, for like Monday Night Football or something, just say, Maggie, bring the guacamole dip. It's amazing. In fact, that, once we got that recipe that's, the recipe, that's the only kind of guacamole we've made in our home ever since. Um, I, I also understand you guys are celebrating your fourth birthday. That's incredible. Congratulations. I'm very excited for you. They, they grow up so fast. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know how much of the pre-launch story you've heard, but a little over five years ago, Collective's existence was kind of in jeopardy, and I just happened to have a front row seat for that. I was invited to this big meeting over at Mosaic, where Michael's preaching today, ironically, and uh, my now boss, Tim Cole, the executive director of Waypoint Church Partners, invited me. Uh, to this meeting, and I I had no idea what I was getting into because it turned into this big, heated deal. There were like 15 or 16 of us around this big conference table uh, to discuss Michael switching from one church planting organization to Waypoint, and there were some people that were upset about that and debating whether or not they were going to continue supporting this effort. And and I felt terrible because I didn't know what I was getting into, but I also... I had a hard deadline. I had to leave early in the middle of this heated discussion. 
And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that, but I was trying to be as subtle as possible. I gathered my things, pushed my seat in, and I got about three steps out. I thought I'd made it when Tim Cole totally calls me out. He's like, Dyke! And it's like, all eyes on me. (laughs) All of a sudden, the meeting stopped, and he said, where does Manor Woods stand with the support of this church? It's like, I did not know that was coming. But I suddenly realized that this was like a, a turning point in this meeting. And I was like, the balance of power is in my hands. And Brett Andrews from New Life had vouched for Michael earlier in the meeting. And so I said, Manor Woods stands with this new church. And I dropped the mic and I walked out of the room. And I have not missed an opportunity to remind Michael often that he owes me big time for that. Uh, Brian and Karen Pennington were super involved at Manor Woods, and I remember them moving to Frederick and then introducing them to Chris and Michael over at Black Hog for lunch, and I was like, these are some of the best of the best people, and I don't want them to leave Manor Woods, but I'm a kingdom-minded person, and if they ended up helping you plant collective, they will be awesome. You, you hate to see good families leave, but you love to see new churches start well. And then Chris and Bethany Pennington, soon after that, moved to Frederick. Bethany was our director of children's ministry for six years, and Chris and I had done Bible study, guys' Bible study groups together, and, and we'd kind of been through some stuff together, you know, and I officiated their wedding. And then one day, Bethany comes up to me and says, you know, this new church is looking to hire someone for the collective kids' ministry. And the church is really close to where we live now, and the drive to Rockville is getting tiresome, and and we just had a baby, and this is my favorite picture of Posey as a baby. And, And then she adds, we're thinking the Lord may be bringing this together. Well, what are you supposed to say to that? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's, I don't think that's it. We said, go and you go with our blessing. Now, all all that's to say, I hold the collective church family in high regard. Before you ever started, the Lord was bringing so much together and clearly continues to do so. And I don't get to take any credit for that, but I do consider it an honor that the Lord included me in a small few ways along the way. Now, I'm going to use Chris and Bethany's wedding day as Uh, A fun segue here because we're in the third week of a series called 808s and Heartbreaks, talking about love and what the Bible says about healthy relationships, specifically talking today about marriages. So if you've never been married, but might be one day, this is definitely for you. If you've been married before, but aren't now, I, I think you'll still find some relational encouragement. And if you've been married for any length of time, for better or for worse, you're definitely going to hear some clear direction from God on your marriage today. Now, when Michael and I were setting this up, he said, hey, you've been married longer than I have. Uh, Sarah Beth and I have been married 30 years. And he said, you've done a, a bunch of weddings and premarital counseling and marriage counseling, done that for about 30 years as well. And so he said, that pretty much qualifies you as a relationship expert. Would you come out and cover the topic of marriage? And then he added that he was going to be addressing the tough topics It's not you, it's me, about how we can only control ourselves and how we're to work to become the person that our significant other needs. And then he said, I've got the sex talk covered, which he thought went well last week. And and then he said, next week, he and Ray would be tackling the topic of healthy ways to have conflict in marriage. 
So he kind of set it up like, hey, guest speaker dude, I'm, I'm kind of pitching you the softball here. I'm giving you the easy topic of marriage. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> marriage is hard. I mean, it's a 50-50 chance of surviving, right? The stats in the U.S. are that half of marriages fail, or better than half, depending on what stats you look at. So nurturing a healthy, strong, vibrant marriage is far from an easy topic to cover. But thankfully for us, the Bible has a lot to say about the benefits of leaning into your relationships and discovering the joys of selfless behavior And that can be in your work relationships or at school with your neighbors or friends or family, but especially with your spouse. Now, Chris and Bethany's wedding was awesome. It was outdoors. It was beautiful. The worst of the huge rainstorm that rolled in held off until after the ceremony was over. It was a wonderful day, but there was this fascinating moment right at the end of the ceremony, unlike any I've ever experienced before or since. So we'd gone over this in the rehearsal, and Bethany had this exact timing down, where there was this song from How to Train Your Dragon, Romantic Flight, I think it was called, and and, uh, while that was playing, I'm to be pronouncing them husband and wife, and I was supposed to say, you may kiss the bride, right at the exact moment, so that when it hit, I think it was the 50-second mark, it would just hit this perfect note, this perfect crescendo, and when the day came, I, I... must have gone a little bit too slow, <laughs> and I got to you may, and Bethany like leans in and just lays one on Chris. I was like, wow, okay. And afterwards, I was like, hey, you were really anxious to Chris kiss, kiss Chris there, weren't you? And Bethany was like, well, it had to be at the exact right time. Now, what I love most about that image was this picture of the bride leaning into the groom. Because what I've discovered is that so many issues in our friendships, in our relationships, with our families, and particularly with your spouse, those issues almost always rise up when we aren't leaning into the other person. And that can happen when you get busy and you don't take time to invest in the other person, or when you get distracted with projects and work demands. When financial issues become consuming issues, or when you get caught up in any kind of addictive behavior that steals time and energy and emotional investment away from the other person. It can happen when you get lost in yourself and kind of forget that being selfish never brings fulfillment, that you'll never feel satisfied in your relationships if you think it's the other person's responsibility to meet the needs that only Jesus can meet. So we want to take a look at a couple of very relevant passages from the Bible for the most healthy relationships. And I'll start with a fun one. It's an instruction that's applicable to both spouses, but here it's directed at husbands. And it's from Ecclesiastes 9.9, which reads, Enjoy life with your wife. Isn't that a great instruction? (laughs) Enjoy married life. Enjoy being married. Have fun. Lean into the joy of marriage. So I want you to ask yourself, am I a fun person? Am I fun to be around? And then, don't raise your hand, but if I were to ask your spouse 
to raise their hand whether or not you're a fun person, would they? Are you adding joy to your relationships? The Bible says we're to enjoy married life, so be a blast to be around and lean into the joy of marriage. Let's talk about some ways you can do that. One way to do that is to put the other person first. Simple, but true. Put the other person first. The Bible says marriage is most fun when you choose to be a blessing to the other person. And you do that by putting them first. Now, I don't know how long some of you may have been a believer or maybe you're not a believer yet and you're just here kind of checking out faith things. But one of the things I've discovered about Jesus is that he is very countercultural. Predominantly, our culture says, get what you can for yourself, whenever you can, however you can. But the Bible tells us that life is so much more fun and fulfilling when you are selfless. And so what I used to think was right, what we so often see in the culture around us is what's in it for me? But Jesus teaches a very different and and a much better way to live that actually brings far greater fulfillment and blessings and benefits. And it might sound weird to our contemporary ears, but the way to a happy, fulfilling, joy-filled marriage begins by putting the other person first. That's how we lean into the joy of marriage. Another way to lean into the joy of marriage is to say you're sorry. The most hurtful thing, the most damaging thing to a marriage is selfishness. The most beneficial thing, though, for a marriage is selflessness. My dad taught me before we got married, the three most important phrases in a marriage are, I was wrong, I love you, and I'm sorry. And that's not easy. That requires great humility. But it's one of the best ways to get to the fun parts of marriage. Say you're sorry. That's leaning into the joy of marriage. Another thing you can do to lean into the joy of marriage is to eliminate selfishness, okay? One of the most instructive passages about great relationships and a healthy, fun married life comes from Ephesians chapter 5. It's often read in weddings. Maybe you had it read in yours. Maybe you've heard that passage read in others' weddings because it describes something called mutual submission, which is all about eliminating selfishness. Now, if you've never heard this passage before from Ephesians 5, it's often misunderstood by our culture today because it's often taken out of context. The context is mutual submission. So listen for yourself. Ephesians 5.21 reads, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, that part's pretty straightforward. One of the most beautiful things Christians have discovered about following Jesus is learning the benefits of reverence for Christ or putting Jesus first. So here's what happens. When you put Jesus first, that's when you discover his peace and contentment. And you stop focusing on what's missing in your life and you enjoy what you do have. The best life possible never begins with you first. It is always flowing out of Jesus first. So from the first time Jesus arrives on earth to the time that he submitted himself to death on the cross, Jesus is teaching us the ways of heaven, and it is always about selflessness. Selfishness is never satisfying. 
And so the Bible teaches us to submit to one another. Maybe you heard about the couple that made it into the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest marriage. Percy and Florence Aerosmith held two records, the longest marriage of a living couple, 80 years. Blows my heart to fathom. (laughs) And having the largest married couple's aggregate age of 205 years, Both Mr. and Mrs. Aerosmith have since died, but they left good advice for those who want to have a lasting marriage. Florence said, you must never go to sleep bad friends. If you've had a quarrel, you make it up. Never be afraid to say sorry. Percy had slightly more humorous advice. He said the secret to his long marriage was just two words, yes, dear. (laughs) Now, Think about it. If your spouse is constantly putting you first, I mean, that's a blast, right? The most fun marriages are the least selfish marriages. You're you're the queen. You're the king. That's mutual submission, and it is fun, and it is fulfilling. But on the other hand, what does selfishness do? Selfishness sucks the life out of marriage. The Bible says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Reverence for Christ is putting him first. And when I put Jesus first, I follow his example of selflessness in my relationships. You can think of it like an equation. And you can write this down, take a picture if you like. Selfless relationships equal joyful relationships. When you are submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ... Selfless relationships are joyful relationships. And let me tell you, selfless relationships are a blast. I mean, if you're in a relationship with someone who loves you, wants what's best for you, wants you to be happy, wants you to be fulfilled, is willing to do anything for you, is willing to sacrifice for your benefit, I mean, that's a blast, right? You be that person for them. And let me ask you, what's more fun, being in a relationship with a self-centered person or a selfless one? Be selfless. Selfless relationships are a whole lot more fun than self-centered ones. Wouldn't you agree? When you eliminate selfishness, you are leaning into the joy of marriage. For instance, teenagers, young adults tend to be very image-oriented. What will people think of me? I want people to like me. I want that person to notice me. And there's often this sense of, what can I get? How can I get what I want? How can I get their attention? How can I get that person to like me and want to be with me? Instead of thinking, how can I be thoughtful? How can I show kindness? How can I be humble? How can I benefit that person? How can I be selfless? Now, this goes back to the first message in this series two weeks ago. You control you. You work on you. You make yourself a better person. The work is internal, not external. And this is where it gets sticky. This is is where our culture takes this passage from Ephesians 5 out of context. Verse 25 reads, For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. That's selfless, sacrificial love. And remember, the context is mutual submission. That's verse 21. Then verse 22 reads, For wives, this means submit to your husbands 
as to the Lord. The best marriages fall under mutual submission. Husbands should love their wives, how? Like Christ loved the church selflessly, sacrificially. Wives submit to their husbands as to the Lord. That's putting the other person first. That's eliminating selfishness. And selfless relationships are joyful relationships. One last one in order to lean into the joy of marriage. Flip the script. You can do this. Jesus teaches us to be countercultural, and then he offers us the strength and the wisdom to follow through. So you can do this when you're feeling discouraged and you get in a funk. Look for ways to move through it. It is worth it for your relationships to keep moving past the blahs and get back on track as quickly as possible to get back to being a fun person to be around. Or when you've argued and things get quiet, figure out how to do the next thing. My psychologist buddy says that's one of the top counseling techniques he uses in marriage counseling. When you've tried everything else, do something different. Keep trying. Or when communication has broken down, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Figure out how to flip the script. Even at 30 years of marriage, it's, it's totally worth it to work on these things. We had a, uh, a miscommunication recently, a couple months ago. We were walking through the grocery store, and we passed the produce And Sarah Beth said something like, do we need more bananas? And, you know, it's the silliest little things, right? I have no idea why I said this the way I said it. I said something like, no, we've got a couple of bananas left, and we're going to be gone a couple of days. We don't need any more bananas. And I moved on without paying attention to this kind of dejected look on Sarah Beth's face. I have no investment in bananas. What do I care? Get a banana if you want. Always the silliest things. Well, then, of course, later on, we run out of bananas. And you know that conversation is coming back up, right? And and those conversations never come back favorably, do they? Well, here we are, without any bananas. And then she upped her game, and she adds, you're the one who said, no more bananas, like, what? And that, you know, it's very tempting. I really wanted to be defensive, but I had a decision to make to be defensive or try and figure out how to flip the script and be fun. And I chose violence. I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, to this day, I, I don't know, I don't know how this works for you, but like in my head, I took on this weird Jamaican Spanish accent that wasn't even very good. And so when she accused me of saying no more bananas, I said, that's right. No more bananas. No more bananas for you. No more bananas for me. No more bananas for anyone. And that worked. It was fun. And if that works for you, you can use it. Now, I'm a couple months into that. And Ever since then, if there's a miscommunication thing, like, hey, I thought you said, no, I said no more bananas. So I'm still using it, but there's probably an expiration date on that, and I'll have to drop that sometime soon. Can you imagine a relationship, a friendship, a marriage where both people 
we're willing to do anything for the other for the sake of that relationship, for the sake of their love, for the sake of their family. We're all a work in progress. Even after years of marriage, I'm absolutely a work in progress. But my relationship with Jesus helps me put the other person first and eliminate selfishness. And the more selfless I am, the more fun I am to be around. Can you imagine what that would look like if every single, if every spouse, if every family member moved out from this place demonstrating selfless relationships to your neighbors and friends and to your coworkers and to this community? What a difference each of you can make just by choosing selflessness. Selfless relationships are joyful relationships. Lean into the joy of marriage. Can I pray for you? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ways that you have led our lives. We thank you for the relationships that you have brought us into. God, I pray that your hand of blessing would be on each individual, on each family, on each spouse, on each marriage in this place. God, bless them as they work to eliminate selfishness, to flip the script, to demonstrate that selflessness and to have fun, to enjoy those relationships. God, bless them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.